Welcome. It is the Boiler Basketball Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. I am your host, Jared Jesselitis, alongside Jeff Julie, joining me via telephone uh, lines yet again here. As uh, I, I don't know where this guy goes, he, he goes out and does whatever the heck he wants to. And he's like, "Hey, guess what? I, I got to call it in today." Here, you hey, I'm up here at Fort Wayne waiting on you. You to get are up here literally so phoning it in. You are literally phoning it in today. <laughs> True, but I'm waiting on you, my friend. Yeah, we got that game for you coming up here uh, a little bit later on, seven thirty to kickoff uh, with that uh, regional game between uh, Lures. I'm sorry, the semi-state game with Lures and Central Catholic. All right, Jeff, uh, what a great week for your Purdue Boilermakers, our Purdue Boilermakers, I should say, not yours specifically, but uh, for Purdue. Uh, it worked out very, very well for them this week. A uh, impressive win on Monday over Xavier, 83-71. to Then they turn around on Wednesday. They pick up Chikari Harris uh, for the class of 2024. That looks very formidable. And uh, all of a sudden, there's not a whole lot to be complaining about in Purdue country in terms of men's basketball this week. Yeah, absolutely, Jared. I mean, you know, big, big week. And can you believe this recruiting class? I mean, th- this literally has to be the best recruiting class in possibly Purdue history. I mean, when you get these six quality players, you've got size, you've got speed, you've got a big-time score in Harris. I mean, I-, I was just so excited when that news broke yesterday, that uh, a couple of days ago, that uh, we were going to get that young man. So, yeah, you know, uh, all is right with the world, and now the Boilermakers get to uh, head to Maui and uh, hopefully take care of business. And, uh, boy, uh, three big games that uh, really could define their season uh, halfway uh, into November. Yeah, let's go back to Monday night, the 83-71 win over Xavier. Uh, we knew that was a little bit of a depleted team. The guards, quite honestly, for the Musketeers looked a lot better than I thought that they were going to be. Uh, I thought they did a good job there challenging, but... You know, Zach really pulled away from everybody late on that one with his 28 points and, uh, and 11 rebounds. Um, coming off the bench, here's the one thing that I looked when I took a deep dive here, Jeff, was that you know, three-point shooting out of the starters was not great, just two for eight. But you look at, oh, you know, most of the threes came off the bench. Uh, Caleb was one for one. Miles was three for three. Ethan Morton was one for one. So majority of that shooting came off the bench in that one. Maybe my only complaint, but boy, we're really I'm I'm diving deep. I'm trying to find a complaint coming out of that one. And what's been impressive has been the, the backcourt play of both Fletcher Lawyer and especially Braden Smith. I mean, you know, he's flirting with with uh, triple doubles, uh, you know, in in the last two games. And you know, he suddenly not only looks like maybe one of the best point guards in the Big Ten, but maybe one of the best point guards in the country. And he's he's uh, taking the shot. I love how aggressive he's been. I mean, when he comes off that little pick and uh, pick and roll off of uh, of Zach, you know, he can pass that ball or he can hit that mid range jumper, and he is bringing so much more to this team. And you know, this I was watching uh, Miller very close to Sean Miller, and you know, they were making a concerted effort to make sure they knew where Smith was because all of a sudden he's becoming a big weapon that the other team has to uh, game plan for. Well, really, uh, and I talked about this with Bobby Riddell earlier on in the uh, week. Shout out to uh, Bobby there. But I think that he is the biggest beneficiary right now of Lance Jones. Am I right? Because you talked about that ability to come off the screen and everything too. And and that is, you know, directly associated with Lance's ability to bring the ball up or to kind of set things up here too. That gives him a chance to knock down those mid-range jumpers if he wants the option. Yet still, 
Uh, Braden was uh, was he's top ten in the country in assists per game. He's averaging like six per game. I think I got him like the sixth overall. But still, uh, that's the company that he's in. Now we've unlocked a new dimension of his game, and I think that's one of the biggest uh, benefits of having a guy like Lance Jones now. And Jared, that's such a great point. I mean, Lance Jones is bringing so much more to this basketball team. You know, he's bringing you a a player with a ton of experience, a ton of leadership ability. But I mean, he can blow by you. He can take the ball to the hole. He can hit the uh, you know the long range jumper. He, he's also a streak shooter, and a, he likes to step into those jumpers. And you know, you see him chucking up those thirty foot jumpers. And uh, you know, he's also the kind of guy who can get his own shot when the shot clock is running down. So yeah, that's a great point because he brings so much to the table that they didn't have last year and uh, hats off to Matt Painter for finding this young man because you know a fourth year player out of uh, Southern Illinois that uh, suddenly found his uh, place on a national championship contending team got to be a big deal for Lance as well yeah it's uh, and he was great uh, again there only eight points but he he had five assists as well uh, Purdue with 19 on the day uh, it was just again he, he's so steady um, maybe got to limit turnovers a little bit more, but still, uh, I think he's doing a great job. The speed that he has and the size and the, you know, that just, just the whole package, Lance Jones been an absolute godsend. Now a week off to get adjusted and then head out to Maui for what is a, an extremely impressive field here, Jeff, uh, where Boilermakers will open up against Gonzaga. Uh, this is not going to be like last year, though, that PK-85 tournament. I mean, they're not sneaking up on anybody, including Gonzaga. <laughs> they're well aware at this point, uh, and everybody is watching these guys. Um, this is another very impressive tournament, and this is where the run started last year uh, for the Boilermakers, uh, heading out west uh, to take on some top-tier opponents. But, boy, this one feels uh, a little bit different because Purdue is the one with the bullseye on its back. Yeah, you become the hunted instead of the hunter, and uh, you know, so or vice versa, I'd say. But anyway, um, you know, it. it uh, you're right. I mean, last year they 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 blew out Gonzaga and took care of them. And of course, Gonzaga is a completely different team, even though they put up what a impressive 123 points against the NAI opponent, Oregon. Uh, what Southern Oregon, I think it was the other night. But anyway, yeah, this is going to be a fun tournament because this is going to give you a uh, benchmark to see where you're at, and you certainly want to win. You know both of those games because how how those two games early how impressive would it be for the uh, number one versus number two uh, team to play for the championship there what on Wednesday evening that would be uh, Boilermakers versus Kansas so yeah it's going to be a lot of fun and boy I tell you what what a great time I always love that tournament I know they've moved the the uh, facility to a different facility on the Hawaii campus but uh, you know. Great time, Thanksgiving. Everybody's getting ready for the holidays, and you've got this uh, tournament, and uh, could be a pretty special Thanksgiving for the Boilermakers. That was Eastern Oregon that you besmirched there Eastern earlier, Oregon. Jeff. Excuse me, Eastern Oregon. Eastern Oregon. That so. is the Harvard of the directional Oregon schools <laughs> that you have sullied their name. So, uh, yeah, why don't you uh, why don't you go in the corner? Apologize. Yeah, go in the corner and think about what you did there, Jeff. Uh, that is uh, that's not nice stuff here. So. Uh, yeah, uh, but again, Purdue out uh, this week, out in uh, out in Hawaii. They'll play that tournament still, and uh, that first game will be on uh, the 20th at uh, 5 p.m. So you have to hurry up, get in the car, and get home to watch that one. 5 p.m. as Purdue takes on Gonzaga 
and uh, that game going to be on ESPN2. We'll talk about that matchup a little bit more later on here. Uh, we'll also get you the full schedule for the week, who Purdue could play and what time they could play. We'll, we'll help get you game plan early on here. We know how busy next week's going to be for you uh, with, uh, with everything as well, so we'll get you all laid out. By the way, Jeff, I do want to remind our listeners uh, to go to 1017thehammer.com. Feed the Need Day will be on Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving. We're accepting those donations for Food Finders Food Bank between 10 and 6 p.m. Uh, you can drop them off at Payless Supermarket locations in Lafayette and West Lafayette. It does not matter which one. Go to the most convenient one for you. You can download uh, or you can uh, go to W or uh, Go to 1017thehammer.com. You can make a monetary <laughs> donation there if you can't make it out. There's also a list of the items that Food Finders most desperately needs. Uh, so if you want to do the items that's cool, the monetary donations, man, they'll turn that into some stuff too. It's all good. But we got all the details over at 1017thehammer.com for Feed the Need Day, the day before Thanksgiving. 10 to 6 and what a great event. Yeah. Uh, Newhoff does that each year, and it's uh just a great part of the community to do that so everybody please help us out yeah we want to remind you that too and of course uh we'll have next week off uh jeff and i because um well you know we're uh <laughs> we're a little busy uh we got the holidays this year so uh unfortunately we can't do that show next friday but uh yeah you guys uh will be well taken care of i'm sure look we're gonna take a break we come back alan carpet coming up next here this is the boiler basketball show 1017 the hammer and 1017thehammer.com Welcome back. It is the Boiler Basketball Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. I'm Jared Jesselitis along with Jeff Julik on the line here. And uh, uh, welcome back, buddy. Uh, big thank you to our guests here from earlier. Now's the time Jeff and I like to kind of take a look at the Big Ten as a whole. And we take a look at the schedule that we've got upcoming here uh, for not only the Boilermakers, but for the rest of the Big Ten. We kind of want to see uh, where we are at Purdue again, sitting at the top of the rankings here, three and O. Uh, Nebraska moved to four and O though after a uh, another win over uh, was it Wednesday they played here too. Uh, so yeah, uh, look, Jeff, it's uh, it's still a little bit premature. I talked about this earlier on the show this week about how it's premature to start burying most of these Big Ten teams like Michigan State. I think it's too early to bury them. Um, you know, uh, Illinois, I think it's too early to bury them, even though they lost at home to Marquette in the in the Gavit games. Uh, but there are some teams in the Big Ten that you can freely go ahead and bury, like uh, probably Maryland, uh, Minnesota is another one of those teams. You know, Penn State, more than likely you're going to be able to do that. Um, you know, there's a, there's a few teams that are kind of teetering there, but for the most part, the people that are saying the Big Ten is diminished, I'm not going to jump on that bandwagon just yet. But at the same time, I don't expect to be towards the end of the season and have five teams ranked in the Big Ten. Well, I saw a crazy power ranking from our friends over the Columbus Dispatch. And, of course, they had the Boilermakers at the top. But uh, they had Northwestern number two. They had both uh, Nebraska and Minnesota in their top uh, six of their power rankings at this current time, which I thought was pretty bizarre. All right, so let's take a look at what the schedule is for the week here in the Big Ten tonight. Uh, a big slate, actually, here. Fox Sports 1 Butler uh, will head over to the Breslin Center to take on Michigan State. And you know, they smell blood in the water there with the Spartans. But, uh, again, they do this every year. They go out, they lose to a couple of top ten opponents. We go, ah, well, they're done. And then they kind of start rounding back into form here. 
in uh, mid to late January. Moorhead State out to Penn State at 7 o'clock on Peacock. Uh, Bobby Moe, Robert Morris, will uh, head up to the Kohl Center to take on a Wisconsin team that is just, eh, they're not very impressive this year. Yeah, they're hurting right now. They they look bad. They look bad. Long Beach State will uh, head over to Chrysler Center to take on Michigan. Uh, Valpo heading across the border to take on Illinois in the State Farm Center at 8 p.m. Arkansas State is at Iowa. Uh, Spoiler alert here, the Hawkeyes are probably not going to play any defense. I'm just going to go ahead and throw that out there. Uh, That is breaking news. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Then Maryland uh, gets an opportunity against the top 25 team in Villanova, 21st ranked team in the country on Fox Sports 1 to uh, help round out the Gavit games, which, uh, boy, we started out hot with the Big Ten, then we got the snot kicked out of us on Tuesday and then came back and uh, did a little bit better midweek, didn't we? Yeah, that's true. And I tell you what, Michigan's looked really, really good. You know, of course, Coach Howard is uh, still out, and, uh, uh, you know, they're doing a fantastic job with the uh, with what they have right now. And so Michigan, I think, may have been the, maybe the surprise team of the uh, conference right now. I'm not – I mean, yes and no. I, I Look, I'm not ready to jump on that just yet. I need a little bit more because UNC Asheville, Youngstown State, and then uh, St. John's team that just went under new management in the Garden. They shot well in the Garden. But uh, what about those games has made you go, yeah, no, that's good competition and, 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 and everything's good. Yeah. You know, I just wait until they get until December. They got to take on Oregon. They got to take on Indiana and they got to take on Iowa. Then I'll take a look and see if I'm ready to say, hey, Michigan's going to be one of the surprise teams. Well, I'm waiting for a surprise team because I remember last year you jumped on Northwestern and, uh, boy, you were spot on. They uh, they ended up having a nice season and uh, you were on top of that. So we'll wait for you to tell us who is that team this year. I'm pumping my brakes here because some, look, what are you going to say about Penn State? Hey, yeah, they're undefeated, but, I mean, come on. Look at who they're playing. You know, they do that. Minnesota does that, too. Oh, you beat Lehigh. Oh, boy, stop the presses here. Boy, I'm impressed, you know? Like, they're supposed to win these games because they know they're not winning league games. This is what they do. Um, so uh, let's just let's just wait. I, we, we've seen this play out before, so let's just pump yep. the brakes here. And I need to see what happens when Juwan Howard comes back and overtakes everything here. Saturday. Uh, Sat- up the coaching staff. Yeah, Saturday, <laughs> your Minnesota is hosting somebody called South Carolina Upstate. I've literally never heard of this program before, but they'll play at two o'clock on Peacock. Rhode Island's at Northwestern, Nebraska at Oregon State, Howard at Rutgers. That is your Saturday slate. I'll check out that uh, Northwestern game. I will say that Boo Booey um, is just if you have trouble containing guards, you're in trouble against Northwestern this year, flat out. Yes, you are. Yep. Flat out, I'll tell you that. Sunday, uh, UConn, fifth-ranked team in the country, heads to Madison Square Garden to take on the Hoosiers. One o'clock on Espen. Uh, Western Michigan is at Ohio State at four o'clock on Sunday. Alcorn State is at Michigan State in the Breslin Center. Six o'clock, part of a triple header on BTN, followed by Southern and Illinois. I, um, I'm waiting to see how Illinois rebounds here that's that's i want to see him take on somebody good again but that that's a tough marquette team but they really fought through that thing um and and that got separated late in the game but uh i I still think illinois got something here and iu i mean they uh you know they're finding out that it's not so easy to 
you know, bring in five, six, seven different players, whether it be freshmen or, or transfers, and, and get the chemistry because they look like they have a real chemistry issue right now, and uh, they, quite frankly, have not looked they, good at all in their games. They will get better. I, th- of that, I have faith that Indiana will get better because Ware looks great. Um, Xavier, as long as he stays out of trouble, um, can you know, can be a factor there. But I, I the, the one thing I feel like that that team is missing is a real leader that has a you know the accountability wants to be that guy uh, that alpha male in the locker room off the court type guy because I don't think they have that right now. Um, and, and again, I, I think it's I think it's more than reasonable to say to, to, to question Xavier a little bit because. Uh, we have not gone one season with him in Indiana to where he hasn't gotten in some kind of trouble. Am I right? Well, yeah, not only that, but I mean, you know, you've got the issue with Mbako, who, you know, who is yeah. a five star player and he's playing 10, 12 minutes a game. And, you know, you've got players who transferred in who are used to being stars and they're not getting playing time. And, uh, you know, they just don't look right right now. And I know they've got a ton of talent. I do believe you're correct that they will get better, but uh, I'm concerned about the chemistry issue there because it's it's not so easy just to throw a bunch of players together and have great chemistry. No, but the more time they get together, I think they'll be able to figure something out here. They'll be better. Am I saying they're contending for the Big Ten? No, uh, but I think they'll be a little bit better than they are right now. Most teams usually do get to that point, but I think they'll figure it out a little bit. Monday, finally, the Boilermakers are in action, taking on number 11 with uh, Gonzaga, 5 p.m. on ESPN2. Uh, Virginia is at Wisconsin at 6 p.m. on Fox Sports 1, the only two games on Monday in the Big Ten. Yep, so there we go. And, uh, of course, Wisconsin's schedule remains tough, and uh, we're excited to see the uh, Boilermakers and the Bulldogs. Uh, That'll get us to Tuesday, where we know UMBC will be at Maryland on Big Ten Network, followed by Arkansas Pine Bluff at Minnesota. But you are watching what's going to happen in Maui. So Purdue, with a win, would play at uh, 8 p.m. on ESPN. With a loss, they would play at 2.30 on ESPN2 against uh, either Tennessee or Syracuse. That's what the uh, 21st looks like in terms of uh, what Purdue would have. When you get to Wednesday, then, it gets a little bit more complicated um, with uh, that championship game playing at 5 p.m. on ESPN. uh, Or you could very well be... uh, There's just a whole range of times there on that Wednesday that you could be playing uh, with the Boilermakers and... uh, yeah, you just you hope you're not in that fifth, sixth place game where you're playing at midnight. That's the one place you don't want to be, Jeff. Midnight <laughs> watching sure. watching the Boilermakers. Uh, that's a DVR, and I watch it when I wake up at five a.m. with my son type <laughs> game. If that's the case, but the Boilermakers aren't going to let us down. I got a feeling we're going to be okay. Uh, yep. But if you are stuck with that midnight and you don't want to watch, don't worry. Michigan's hosting Memphis at five p.m. in the Bahamas. Duquesne is at Nebraska. At 8 o'clock, uh, watch out for those Dukies at Duquesne at 8 p.m. on BTN. That yep. takes us to Thursday, Jeff, and uh, we'll uh, on Thanksgiving, we will give thanks for Penn State at a at Texas A&M, noon ESPN, uh, from the uh, State Farm Fieldhouse in Kissimmee, Florida. Oklahoma's yep. at Iowa at 3 o'clock on Fox Sports 1. They actually play out in San Diego. And then Arizona, third-ranked team in the country, takes on 18th-ranked Michigan State in beautiful Palm Springs at Akershire Arena at 4 p.m. So you have to get you're, you have to work multiple screens. It looks like on Thanksgiving this year for football. Oh yeah, and Big Ten with, with basketball. Football, yeah, 
That's a tremendous lineup on Thanksgiving. That's good that stuff. I mean, it's Penn State and A&M, but, you know, it's not bad. Iowa and Oklahoma. And a with a victory over Ohio State already. So Yeah, well, you know, I don't know about your Ohio State Buckeyes, buddy. I know you're an eye-dotter and everything, too, but I'm just – I'm not uh, – I, I don't have high hopes for the Buckeyes again this year. They just I, – I don't know what's happened to that program. I mean, it went from yeah. being one of the most intimidating and dangerous teams to uh, I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, for sure. They got a lot of talent, but uh... – Young team, we'll see how they gel, and uh, you're right, uh, they have not looked good so far. All right, that's going to do it for us here, Boiler Basketball Show. We want to thank our guests for being on here. Don't forget, you can always go back and listen to our episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts. It's everywhere you find your podcasts. So uh, make sure you subscribe and check us out every Friday. Uh, We'll be back uh, again in two weeks. We're off next week for the Thanksgiving holiday, but we'll be back that following Friday. Thank you for giving us a listen here. The Boiler Basketball Show on 101.7 The Hammer and 101.7TheHammer.com. Welcome back. It is the Boiler Basketball Show on 101.7 The Hammer and 101.7TheHammer.com. I'm Jared Jesselitis, and uh, we go over to our Blue Fox Eating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. We bring in Allen Carpet, GoldenBlack.com. That website just, I mean, it's just amazing. It does such a great job of covering everything Boilermaker Athletics. The whole squad over there does a tremendous job. Alan is the ringleader over there for those guys, and uh, we're really lucky to be able to have him in here. Al, great to have you back on on a Friday, uh, especially after a uh, another win in Mackey on Monday. Um, again, a, a lot to like out of that one here, and there's a lot to like out of the Boilermakers early. Uh, your thoughts here on the win from Monday's matchup? Well, I, and I, I think you have to be encouraged even though Xavier was uh, uh, and Xavier is a team that in my view is going to get be an NCAA caliber team there and will get better uh, I you know again Purdue just took care of business it had some ups and downs certainly throughout the course of the game but being able to, to do what it had to do down the stretch and never letting Xavier you know get within five and six points Purdue handled the press relatively well handled, handled Xavier's pressure relatively well all those factors that you have to be impressed with where Purdue is right now, but obviously we'll begin to really find out here uh, coming up uh, next on Monday afternoon on how Purdue is really going to be uh, when it uh, heads to Hawaii. I, you know, I was trying to find because all this praise and rightly so, you know, they've uh, they've played well, but have you noticed something through these first couple of games at all, Alan? Do you still have? maybe a concern in an area or anything like that? I mean, they've looked good, but considering who they've played, and, and Xavier, like yeah. you said, I think is going to be better than people realize. But, you know, I, I'm not waiting for another shoe to drop, but, I mean, there, there's got to be some – there's there's got to be something that concerns you with this team right now, right? There has to be a little something. Well, there is. I think the biggest concern really is rotation and trying to make sure that you press the right buttons. Matt Painter's got – uh, still probably one more player than he would like in his rotation. And that is a challenge uh, for Purdue to be able to know, you know, like on, uh, on Monday night, Caleb first comes in and plays well and, and he played him longer and he did. And, you know, there are going to be games as Matt Painter has talked about where guys are going to play guys that were mainstays of this team, Mason Gillis, uh, Ethan Morton and Caleb first are probably three of the guys that really, really, mentioning here and the fact that they may have games where they play seven, eight minutes and you have to hope that they're effective. And I think it's a tough thing for those guys because all three of those guys have been starters at one time or another. 
And, and, and I think that that's going to be the biggest question is how do you keep that rotation? How do you know, you know, you press the right button with Miles Colvin coming in and hit the three, three pointers, but he didn't play till about the, what the five, five minute mark of the first half. Um, and how do you deal with that and how you continue to work through that? It's a good problem to have if you're Matt Painter, but I think that's the biggest question is how will this team blend? And, and again, and again, we're all, you need to enjoy the ride if you're a Purdue fan, but let's be honest, people are still all kind of looking towards, oh, well, how will Purdue be ready in the NCAA tournament? And you just have to hope you're making shots and you hope that you pick the right rotation. But I think but conversely, you've got a lot of options. If somebody's not getting the job done, you're going to go to Trey Kaufman, who starts, but you're going to play certain guys more time. It just may not be outside of Braden Smith and Zach Eady. Uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, fluctuation between playing time among the other eight or seven or eight guys that get in outside of those two. We're talking with uh, Alan Karpik here on our Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline, uh, Purdue Basketball 3-0, heading into uh, this year's Maui Invitational. They'll get started on Monday. That's a uh, uh, that's a 5 o'clock start, which is uh, you better hustle on out of work on uh, Monday with a short work week, too. I'm sure you're getting all kinds of stuff done. But they'll take on Gonzaga, deja vu. This is a loaded field, my friend. Uh, but this is a little bit different than last year in that PK-85. Uh, the last year, you know, Purdue snuck up on some people. Uh, people were not prepared for Zach Eady and how good that team could be. This year, uh, the bullseye's on their back. They're not hunting. They are the hunted as they head into Maui. No question. I mean, it's, it is a loaded. You've got really, a, you could have a final four out of, if you look at Purdue, Kansas, Tennessee, Marquette, and Gonzaga has been in the Final Four, was in the Final Four last year. So you've, you've got teams that uh, absolutely can, uh, uh, you know, our Final Four caliber teams. And that's what's going to make it really interesting. I think you have to, We would. I would have said this last year, but you tend to, Purdue fans will say, well, you don't want to peak in November, but you want to play well, and you, and you want to continue to play well. Gonzaga is a team uh, that, uh, what, they're 2-0 and heading into this game, and and Purdue beat them handily by 18 points in Portland last year. There's only a couple guys on Gonzaga's roster that played a lot last year, but they've got a guy in Braden Huff that came in and scored scored 19 points in 20 minutes in their opening, or I think it was their opening game win against Yale. They've got players. They've got a process under Mark Few that uh, is going to be difficult for Purdue to handle. But if Purdue gets by there, you know, you got a Final Four type matchup, either it's either Tennessee or Marquette. Uh, it is really going to be an interesting, excuse me, be Tennessee or Syracuse. Syracuse, yeah, go ahead. And um, that would be a, uh, you know, Tennessee's a club that uh, under Rick Barnes, it's going to be really, really good. So it's great basketball. I think you have to enjoy that. It's a lot of travel to get there. and You want to hope that you're ready from that standpoint. But Purdue's just got so many weapons uh, that I think they'll play well. You'd love to see a, one versus two matchup with Kansas on Wednesday. But whether that happens, both teams are going to have to beat some good teams. Kansas is going to have to take care of Marquette before they get there. Uh, they had, Kansas has the easiest first game on paper in Chaminade. But I do think that that's a, uh, that is a, an option, that uh, a matchup that everybody would like to see. That must have been a part of when they reduced the sanctions. They got uh, Chaminade, and said that must have been one of those uh, uh, sticking points there from the uh, well, FBI the Chaminade, like I said, before you were born, Jared, pulled the great, one of the greatest upsets in the history of uh, college basketball when they beat Ralph Sampson and Virginia back in the early 80s. Anything can happen, but, yeah, that's a good draw for certainly for 
for the uh, Jayhawks. And, and the Jayhawks don't need any more help with Hunter Dickinson and, and that lineup. Uh, they are, they're to me, are the clear, the clear favorite to win it all, at least at this point in time, though, though Purdue certainly is in that conversation. I was alive in the early 80s. Come on, buddy. Give me. <laughs> 1982? Yeah, yeah, there we go. All right. All right. Okay. I'm. I'm. You're allowing. I'm allowing you to say your age. You're, okay. okay good. There we All go. Right, uh, you know, Alan. Another thing I was thinking about this because you brought up the rotation and stuff and how to do it. You're talking about winning three games in a row in in three days. Uh, not a lot of rest there to be able to do that. And you're going through. You know, either Tennessee, Syracuse, and then uh, you know you would think on paper either Kansas or or Marquette in order to do that. Um, you've got to think that Purdue. Uh, has a real advantage just being as deep as they are and having as many guys as they do to be able to lean on that uh, through a three-day tournament. Seems I, I, That's a huge advantage, I think, for Purdue in this. Well, and I, I don't know that I've looked at it long enough to say that Kansas doesn't have isn't as deep or anybody else. But, uh, yeah, Purdue's got options. That's That, again, that is to me is the great storyline of this team and, and this year. But will it be? Will it pay off at the right time? Uh, I think it will. I mean, I, I don't think there's any reason why why it won't. You just I, again, when you look at guys like Mason Gillis and Caleb First and, and Ethan Morton, three really good college basketball players, in my opinion, and they are and they are now seven, eight, nine in the rotation, or or six, seven, eight, or whatever they are. Um, that's a pretty good team, and I think that that's uh, what's going to be interesting. You know, you just have to hope that you that you come off and, and you're ready to play. Uh, I think Purdue will be this is a team that's very focused and are looking at the opportunity. And I think they're playing a little bit with a chip on their shoulder just by how last season ended. That's not surprising. You'd want it to be that way if you're Matt Painter. And I think Purdue has the opportunity to, to do that. It's a long season, but Purdue is well-built. I mean, we're not even talking about a guy like Brian Waddell, who's a really good player that really isn't in the rotation yet. And – uh, you just have uh, you've got a lot of options if you if you God forbid have injuries, which probably will happen throughout the course of the season. You just don't want an injury to to number fifteen or to Mr. Smith, Braden Smith. I think those are the two guys you'd really like to. Yeah, but I also would say that Lance Jones gives you some real flexibility there at that position, as does Ethan Morton in the backcourt that uh, produced probably better suited. To, to sit Braden Smith if they need to for a little bit more period of time, but boy, they play better when he's out there. Yeah, and Alan too. The uh, backcourt getting a little uh, getting a little crowded with this uh, new class coming into. Of course, the uh, the yeah. big story this week was you know Jakari Harris uh, signing back on was it Wednesday? Uh, I know fans are pretty excited about that, uh, but a lot of questions come with adding six guys in there. How this is all going to work out? But uh, I'm sure you, I, I, much like Brian has been talking about how great he is, I'm sure you're very excited as a Purdue fan to get uh, somebody with his lineage on the uh, on the squad. Yeah, there really are only only two guards in this class uh, with Cox and with uh, Jakari Harris. Uh, again, a good problem to have. I, I, I think Jakari Harris makes a decision to come to Purdue because. He knows that Lawyer and, and Smith will be juniors. He'll get a chance to play. You know, Lance Jones will not be here after this year. But uh, it's just a, they just have reloaded at a level that uh, is about as good as it's ever been in a recruiting class for Purdue. And some guys that are developmental but really come in with a good, you know, the Dan Jacobsons of the world uh, that, that can come in and make a difference over time. I just, uh, yeah, the, uh, Purdue basketball is probably never – at least in the modern era, been in a better place to be continually elite competitive. And I think this program, even after this year and even after Edie and Gillis and Morton are gone, 
this is a team that uh, will be uh, will be competitive at at, at, a, at a very high level. Uh, and uh, we, you know, we don't ever want to let wish this season away because there's so much to be to watch this year. But the future is quite bright for Purdue. Alan Carpet, goldenblack.com. That's the website. Again, subscriptions make tremendous stocking stuffers for your Boilermaker fans, and you can do that. Uh, it's very easy over there. Al, it's always a pleasure talking some uh, hoops with you on a Friday. Uh, enjoy your weekend, and uh, we will talk to you in two weeks, buddy. All right? All right. That sounds great. Thanks so much. Welcome back. It is the Boiler Basketball Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. Nate Baird unable to be with us this week. That's all right. He'll be back in two weeks when we bring up the show again. We will not have a show next week for you here. We'll be off for the Thanksgiving break, but rest assured we will be back that first day in December bringing you the Boiler Basketball Show. But, boy, what an important week next week for this uh, Boilermaker basketball team as they head out to the Maui Invitational. Uh, they'll play that first game against uh, Gonzaga. Uh, and, you know, it's it's like a deja vu if you're a Purdue fan, right? We did this last year. You snuck up on a highly ranked Gonzaga team. You beat them. You also went ahead. You beat Duke. And you surprised a lot of people last year. But as I was mentioning with uh, Allen there, there, there's no sneaking up on anybody in this tournament. You're ranked, you know, number two in the country. There's no uh, getting around that, right? There's the Gonzaga's going to be 100% prepared. And as Allen told you there, too, not a lot of members still left from that last year upset. Uh, so it's a little bit of a different team. You know, the Zags coming into this one here, not exactly run through the a, a real gambit. Of great teams. This very much is their first test. Uh, because the only teams they have beaten have been Eastern Oregon and uh, and Yale. Right? Both those at home. So, uh, haven't really been pushed at all. Really don't know what this team is capable of. They did put up 123, like Jeff mentioned, uh, against Eastern Oregon. But, again... Can you identify anything about Eastern Oregon? Can you tell me? Can you tell me what their jersey colors are? You know they're just on the east end of a state. That's all you know about them. It's not a good sign. Now, meanwhile, the Purdue, you know, Purdue got pushed a little bit by Xavier. And, and you listen to everybody talk here. They'll tell you the same thing. The Xavier team, although a little bit depleted when they played Purdue, still has some pretty strong guard play and will be better than what people have pegged them in the preseason. Of that, you know, we're pretty darn sure. And Purdue still got the 12-point win there. Samford, Moorhead State, warm-up games. But Purdue performed the way that they should in those ones, much like Gonzaga performed the way they should against Yale in Eastern Oregon. So it's really hard to gauge exactly where this Gonzaga team is. I know it, you know they're ranked 11th in the country right now. Um, you know, Mark View has just got such a great history in what he does with these teams, as Allen pointed out. You know, it's not going to be a uh, it's it's not going to be an easy game by any stretch. No game here is going to be easy if you are the Boilermakers. But this is a tremendous test for a number of reasons here, right? First off, you're learning a lot about your team and how prepared they are uh, just going through this gauntlet, right? Because if you're Purdue, you're taking on either Tennessee or Syracuse 
in that second game. When things have gone well, you're taking on either Kansas or Marquette, which is uh, you know a very interesting matchup for a, a lot of different reasons. Um, and, and there's still a chance that, you know, let's say things go south for you here, that you end up in a matchup against a, a UCLA team that's pretty good as well. But a couple of the questions that keep on coming up for us here is, what does that rotation look like? These are going to be three games where you are going to get, uh, first off, you're going to need to go deep in the bench. You're just going to have to do it. It's three games in three days. Uh, guys are going to get tired unless you spread out this workload a little bit. And Purdue, with its depth, seems pretty well equipped to be able to do that. As Alan pointed out, not that Kansas doesn't or, uh, you know, maybe, you know, uh, Tennessee, Marquette, whatever, but Purdue, again, with those rotational questions, are going to be able, and, and will have to play, a lot of guys over those three days. And because of that, you're getting those quality players in uh, against other quality players, so you can better determine, if you're Matt Pat- Painter, to better determine uh, what these rotations should look like as we get into the middle of December, and maybe he starts to pare down the bench a little bit. I, you heard Bobby Buckets on my show earlier this week. You know, Shocking that we're you know doing like 10 to 12. Don't think it's going to be that big once we start getting into Big Ten play. Now, things can happen. You know, Injuries can happen. Uh, this or that, uh, quite obviously, but in order to figure out what works, you need good tests. You need good litmus tests. And Purdue will get three good litmus tests here in Maui. Um, and by necessity, some of these guys are going to have to get uh, some more playing time if you want to make it through three games and win this championship. Again, Kansas has got to be the favorite because uh, they get to go through Chaminade in that first game, right? They don't have to expend too much energy to do that, but... You know, watching Marquette in the Illinois the other day, let's assume Marquette is the team that wins that one. That's a darn good Marquette team. Uh, should be able to give them a run for their money. But, you know, you love to see number one versus number two. You like to take it to Hunter Dickinson again. A little deja vu for him. But this is an extremely important tournament, I think, um, from a rotational aspect in Matt Painter being able to judge, you know, who is ready, who still needs work, and uh, find out some player weaknesses against good teams. Because teams like Sanford and uh, you know teams like uh, Moorhead State are only going to expose so much. They're just not equipped, especially in the post. You know, Those games are there to teach you what to do if you run into another Fairleigh Dickinson. Right? That, that's how Matt Painter structured some of this offseason, to, to try to simulate... Those games early in the NCAA tournament with those kind of quirky teams that you're not used to seeing. But the other side of the token is, you know, you have to be prepared for the teams that you're going to see in the Sweet 16, Elite 8, and Final Four. And those tend to be teams like Tennessee, like Kansas, like Marquette, UCLA, and Syracuse. You know, it, it kind of stinks that you just can't schedule whatever you need to to get to get you. It's, it's not like Indiana high school basketball and football where the regular season is pointless. You're 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 into this tournament regardless, uh, so you can spend that time focusing on making your team better. You can make mistakes. You can try things. You can try to expose things. You can prepare against certain kind of offenses and defenses. Here, you know, you still got to win to make the NCAA tournament. 
And Purdue with chances to get three quad one wins here out in Maui on three uh, consecutive days. It does so much for your tournament resume if you can have success in this tournament. Even if you play second, that would still be a very good week for Purdue. For me, it's championship game or bust. That's the bar that I set here. If you can get to the championship game and you still play well, more than happy. More than happy. You went out there. That means you got to win over you know, a couple of top 25 teams to get there. And you lose to what I would think would be a top five team. There's not any shame in that unless you go out there and you, you know, you lose by 30. Yeah, then I might be a little bit concerned about that. That's kind of where you got to place the bar, I think, for this one. Whereas last year we said, hey, we wanted Purdue to win that first game. And then, you know, eh, Duke and Zion, eh, that's house money at that point. And they surprise you. This year, a little bit different. We got to set this bar higher. We've seen what they've done with some of the lesser teams, a little bit the smaller size teams. What do they do with teams that are able to match up with some of that size down low in the post? How do they handle that? You know, Lance Jones, Braden Smith, we talked about three-point shooting. How do they shoot on a neutral court? There's another thing that kind of gets lost in this. is It's tough for some of these teams to shoot in some of these smaller venues. It's changed, obviously, here because of the fires and everything, too. But you know, how does Purdue go out into a neutral court, an uncomfortable setting, and how do they shoot the basketball specifically from behind the arc? Are things that we are watching for this week as Purdue competes in that Maui Invitational. It's going to be great. Again, they kick that off on Monday, 5 p.m. Not bad. We don't get the 2.30 game, which is great. We get the 5 o'clock game. You hurry up, you get home. You're good to go there. And uh, is 5 o'clock or 9 p.m., what would you rather have? You certainly don't want that 11.30 game. I know that. Marquette got stuck with the 11.30 p.m. game. Ugh. Short work week and an 11.30 tip-off? Absolutely not. That's not doable for you. And then Tuesday, you win, you play at 8 p.m., that's great. You lose, you play at 2.30, eh, not ideal. And then you hope for that fight, you hope you remain in that championship game, which is at 5 p.m., and not that fifth, sixth place game, which is at midnight. Midnight! No, we got to stay on the winner's side of the bracket here, all right? That first win is so crucial uh, for Purdue on Monday. All right, you hang tight. We'll loop back in Jeff Julik here in just a moment. We'll wrap up the Boiler Basketball Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com.